You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. Ken, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're welcome. It's good to be here. It's my pleasure, man. So when people ask you, what do you do? How do you answer that? (laughs) Uh, I get their attention when I say I have an online Kung Fu school and teach people (laughs) around the world Kung Fu. They, uh, their yeah. eyes light up when I say that. That is probably one of the coolest elevator pitches I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So well, my my uh, elevator pitch actually is a, a uh, an online school teaching the complete arts of Chen Tai Chi, Jing Yi Chen, and Bagua Zhang without the mystical mumbo jumbo. <laughs> oh, that's cool as well, man. Yeah. <laughs> So, Ken, what inspired you to um, actually start learning martial arts? Well, I was 20 years old in 1973, and I had been watching the Kung Fu TV series. And um, then Bruce Lee came out, and I went to see Enter the Dragon that summer, about, uh, what, 46 years ago this month, actually. And um, within a month, I had enrolled in my first school and uh it just became a way of life for me wow i see so when was that transition period um from student to teacher well i earned a black sash finally i moved around a lot i was in radio news and then tv news and um, i found myself in omaha nebraska and i'd studied different arts and finally i discovered a school that taught the internal arts of Chinese Kung Fu. And I tried that out and that uh, that's where I started uh, really studying a lot harder and really having a, a direction. And I got my black sash about 10 years later, 1997, and then I started teaching. Oh, wow. So what exactly is, uh, for people who don't know, what is exactly is the internal arts? Well, there are external martial arts that you think of, uh, Taekwondo, karate, uh, arts that require a lot of muscular tension in uh, the way they do things. The internal arts include Tai Chi uh, and a couple of other arts that are rely more on relaxed power. You learn body mm-hmm. mechanics okay. that uh, allow you to deliver a lot of power with with more in a more relaxed way. A lot of people think of Tai Chi as moving meditation, an exercise for old people, but it's uh-huh. actually a uh-huh. powerful martial art and that's the way we do it. Oh, wow, that's awesome, man. So when you transitioned in 1997 to teaching, um, did, were you doing any other jobs at the moment or was it just full on teaching? I was uh, in 1997. Actually, I had been in uh, radio and TV news for 22 years, and I was the news director of a station in Rock Island, Illinois, a TV station. And uh, there, as it happens sometimes in TV, they fire you some one day. <laughs> so oh, I found myself uh, without a job and. I had been one test away from Black Sash for a while, and I decided to take my time while I was looking for work. Uh, 
to uh, get my black sash. But uh, yeah, shortly after I got, I did the test, I went back to work in an ad agency doing public relations. And later I worked for the ACT test, the biggest, one of the biggest, uh, well, the second biggest college entrance exam in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, I was their director of media relations and that was full time. So teaching was a something I did very part-time, a couple of nights a week, two or three days a week. Mm, I see. Okay. So, wow, it's just a really, like, diverse, you know, trajectory. You know, like, you went from, you know, TV to, like, ad agency to ACT test. Um, well, all the skills yeah. I was learning helped me open my online school because this is a completely one-man operation. And so my wife helps me uh, do the videography. She's my videographer. Oh, and awesome. uh, otherwise, uh, I've made over 850 video lessons and uh, several ebooks and downloadable PDFs. And because of my radio and TV background, I was uh, good at writing and, and editing video and producing it all myself. And that cut the cost I had to pay for my online school drastically. Oh, I see. Oh, that's pretty awesome because not everyone would have that advantage. Well, know, when or... I was in the TV news, I, I wanted to learn how to do everything myself. I just enjoyed the creative challenge. Um, and so at one point in Lexington, Kentucky, I was the weekend uh, anchor and I would come in in the morning and decide what we were going to cover that day. And I'd go out and shoot and report with a couple of other people. And then I would write the newscast and then anchor the newscast. And to me, that was just a creative explosion. And that's still what I have every day. Only I'm working for myself now. Oh, that's awesome, man. So when did you make the transition to fully working for yourself? Um, I worked at a couple of nonprofits then late in the, uh, starting around 2010, I got sick 10 years ago. I lost a lung. Um, I had atrial fibrillation and doctors went in three times mm -hmm. and tried to, uh, do a laser ablation. And the third time there was a side effect and it knocked out the, uh, uh veins from my left lung to the heart. So nearly died in Cleveland Clinic, and wow. I still uh, came out and uh, continued to try to work and do this and teach and regained my health gradually to a certain degree. Uh, if I'm a little out of breath sounding or take uh, deep breaths, it's because I'm working with one lung. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's incredible, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, life is full of challenges, and he just, uh, you know, I was in Cleveland Clinic and they tried to stent one of the pulmonary veins and they tore the vein and they pierced my heart with a wire. And so they thought I was going to die, actually. It, I was in the ICU for 10 days and my family thought I was going to die. And I was sitting there thinking about uh, a tournament that was going to happen in six months. Really? And I wanted, to, I wanted to compete in it. Uh-huh. So I wasn't really worried about dying. I was just thinking about, 
you know, keeping this online school going. I had just launched it two, uh, a year before, actually, and uh, making more videos and competing in a tournament. I ended up competing, though, and I won for mm -hmm. a first-place trophy <laughs> six wow. months after that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> how, how does one, you know, how do you develop such passion for, for an area like that? How, like, what does it take, really, to develop this passion? It seems like you're super passionate about what you do. Well, I think it's just you find what you love. And not only do I love the physical aspect of the martial arts and the internal arts, but the philosophical aspects as well. And I think that's one of the reasons that I got through that uh, ordeal. And, you know, it hasn't always been smooth sailing physically since then, but you just uh, try to re remain positive and understand that bad things are going to happen and you persist through it and good things will happen if you just persist. So, Ken, did you have sort of the same passion when you were in TV? Yes. Yeah? I, okay. I love doing creative things. And so uh, I won a few awards as a reporter. And um, then I went into public relations and won some awards there. And uh, just have always tried to excel, and uh, especially in writing and that sort of thing. Mm, I see. So no matter what you do, it's uh, everything you're super passionate about, right? That's how you live your life. Try to. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> not always easy working for other people, and especially when they uh, uh, don't have the best people skills or know how to manage people. And so it's uh, it, sometimes it does try your patience. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So I'm sure when you shifted over to working for yourself, you didn't have to deal with that anymore, right? Right. Uh, now I only have to worry about one jerk. That's myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get up every morning and usually have a plan of what I need to do most. And I try to get that done. And uh, for the past three weeks, we adopted a rescue puppy and I'm spending a lot of time uh, house training the puppy. So that's kind of taken me off my stride the last three weeks. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's pretty cool, man. seems like you have some flexibility. Um, so when did the, the online course actually launch? When, when did you decide to do that? Uh, well, I lost another job in, uh, Tampa, Florida in 2008. And, um, you know, it just happens. It was a, I was the spokesperson for the University of South Florida for the president yeah. of the university. And it was a very political job. And uh, it just uh, ended. And I found myself at home wondering what to do next. And a nephew called and he had been trying to start an online uh, language site. And we were talking and I thought, well, I should do what I really love to do, teach Kung Fu. So I started researching and making videos. And on July 4th, about three months later, it started. Wow. On July 4th. In three months, you created an online course? Yes, there were. It started with a couple of hundred video lessons. 
I was really working hard. And uh, wow. now they're, you know, as I said, over 850, close to 900 now. And I still added all the t- add new ones all the time. But yeah, I just uh, decided I was going to do it and sat down and started working on it. I see. Wow. So how do you continue creating new video lessons? 850 is a lot, you know? Well, it's a step-by-step approach to three different arts. And I try to lay things out on the website. But uh, I also offer people uh, live one-on-one sessions via Skype or FaceTime. And so I will have a little coaching session, about 20 to 30 minutes, with people from the United Kingdom and different parts of the US, um, Canada. Uh, Sometimes people will, if they're not real savvy about Skype and FaceTime, they'll put a little video up on YouTube and I'll look at that and I'll give them specific coaching advice. uh, That's how people can really make progress in these arts. They're very physical and they require someone giving you personal feedback. Are you an expert or course creator trying to monetize your online course? Well, use our one-page template to get more paying students to your online course without marketing overwhelm or sleazy sales tactics. You can download this for free at unstoppablebusiness.com. Now, back to the show. Hmm, I see. Okay. That's pretty amazing, man. So how did it turn out when you launched that course on uh, July 4th? Well, it actually started turning a profit within a year. I'm, not, I'm sorry, within a month, uh, wow. two, maybe two months. But I had been blogging at that point for, I started a blog in 2006 and had gotten a lot of attention because I tried to write good articles about these arts, Tai Chi and philosophy. And uh, so I had a following and I had started putting out VHS tapes, uh, tournament sparring tape. And then that became a DVD. I don't quite remember which year we made the transition. So I had a couple of videos, two or three going. And so people had started noticing the work. And so uh, people started signing up. Mm, I see. Wow. So uh, what happened after the release of the course? Uh, Was it all smooth sailing after that? Uh, You know, it's never really smooth sailing. You have a lot of churn online. You have a lot of people who join. I I offer two weeks free. You know, let's just make it easy on everybody. You sign up for two weeks, sample everything. You've got everything, total access, and... After two weeks, you'll be billed, but I run a very honest site. If they say, I want to cancel, they're canceled. If they're billed the first time and within a couple of days, they say, you know, I didn't intend for that to happen, I'll refund their money. Um, so it's it's all very honest, but it's, you know, it, it's a challenge. And since the last, since that started, there is a lot of online uh, competition. It seems like everybody and his brother is teaching 
these arts online now. So you just have to try to do your best and uh, market it in an honest but interesting way and uh, provide quality. And I think I do. I have a I have a niche. I don't believe in a lot of the mysticism not mysticism, but almost magic powers that a lot of these guys almost claim they have. And to me, that's ridiculous and dishonest. So I, it's all physical. It's physical skill. You know, a little guy in China who can bounce a bigger guy across a room is doing it through body mechanics, nothing mystical. And so that's the, that's my unique niche in a way. Oh, that's very interesting. So Ken, during this this whole process of you know creating your online course, you know finding your way here, um, during your journey of growth, if you could take a magic wand and you know get just one wish about anything during your journey, what would that wish be for you? Not to lose that long. <laughs> that has really slowed <laughs> me down. I see. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. The challenge of doing it yourself is you always feel like you have a to-do list that can't get done. And so I've tried over the years to uh, try not to put more pressure on myself than I need to, try to remain calm and centered as the philosophy says to do. But uh, you know, it does uh, occasionally get a bit overwhelming, but I don't think that's unique to me. I think almost anyone who starts one of these online schools will say that. Mm, I see. Ken, what do you think was the most stressful part of creating the online course? Like which, what year was it? And, you know, when was it the most stressful, the most overwhelming for you? Hmm. That's a good question. I think, um, you know, when I went through the illness and I dropped from 206 muscular pounds to 156. Oh, Jesus. Couldn't breathe very well. And I thought, okay, if that happens again, I'm dead. So just getting the energy to, to go to it every day, but, uh, you know, you manage to do it. I think that's the most stressful part of it. I, I really love the work. Um, okay. The stress is what we put on ourselves to make it good and to the marketing um, you know, you maintain keeping up on the changes in social media and that sort of thing. I'm 66 years old, and right. I believe because of my broadcasting and public relations background, I stay up on all these things. I I know how to use some of these tools better than younger people do, but um, it's still mm -hmm. quite a job to to keep up with all the changes in Facebook and Twitter and that sort of thing. For sure, man. It's, there's a lot to keep up nowadays, constantly changing. Just like five years ago, it's completely different to landscape. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and Facebook is less and less effective in some ways. Right, for sure. They're constantly tweaking the algorithm, right? It's funny, all the marketing I do, I, do, I, I launched a podcast and I interview top martial artists around the world who teach these arts. That's going well. Um, but the blog and YouTube videos, I rarely ever, when I, when someone buys a DVD or signs up for the course, 
they rarely say they've heard of me through Facebook. It's always YouTube, internet search, and that would be Google AdWords, um, or the organic uh, results that I have, which are pretty good, or podcast or blog. It's, it's those things that drive people in. Oh, wow. I see. Okay. And yeah, since you had this experience of, you know, the ad agency and in your background, it seems like it really helped you out with all this stuff, right? Yeah, I think so. But, you know, marketing is not that difficult if you know what your audience needs and what they are really looking for. Because my wife, for example, is starting a soap business. And her the name of her soap is Zen Handcrafted. Zen Handcrafted. Okay. And so she's trying to come up with, uh, you know, ad uh, campaigns. And I said, well, remember Calgon? Back in the old days, Calgon would have commercials and a woman would be stressed out during the day and she would say, Calgon, take me away. <laughs> and so okay. she would be in the bathtub with Calgon, you know, suds and totally relaxed. That's what the audience wants. They're not, they're not looking for another soap or another bubble bath. They're looking to escape. They're looking to calm down. And so I'm guiding my wife to say, okay, the people who are coming to your stand, they're not just looking for soap. That's not necessarily what's going to sell them. Zen handcrafted the serenity <laughs> of a bath. That's your time. And that's what you can, that's what you're selling. Ah, that's really smart. <laughs> I like that. So, so how do you what, know exactly, like, if you were to find out, you know, what exactly your customers wanted, how would you go about that? Uh, sometimes you ask, and sometimes if you have a lot of experience as a customer, what do you, what do you really want? Um, there's a marketing guy that I really like. His name is Dave D. He was okay. a professional magician for a while. And when he started trying to figure out what his real motivation was, it wasn't just to be successful as a magician or to make money. That was part of it. But he wanted to show everyone who said he was crazy for being a magician. He wanted to show them mm. that he actually could do it. And that was part of his motivation. So he had to figure out what, for example, what is a martial arts student's motivation? Is it confidence? That's part of it. Is it self-defense? That's part of it. But really understanding what, what the real motivation is, fitness might be part two. And sometimes it is philosophy, mastering yourself and learning how to how to center yourself in, in times of chaos. That's uh, it's all important. See, well, it seems like you really understand uh, your customers in that. That's awesome. I'm working on it all the time, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get better. So... Ken, what are you working on like right now? What's the project that you're working on that's most important to you? Uh, 
Let's see. I am putting together a little webinar and a series of YouTube videos. I'm trying to get a little bit better at uh, creating a YouTube channel and um, developing a series of uh, six videos that will explain one different little body mechanic in each one and we'll pitch to the next video. Um, and then uh, in the end, it will invite people to uh, try a free, free, free trial, the two-week free trial on the website. That's one thing I'm working on. And uh, another is the webinar that uh, would be on demand that people could uh, tune in and, and uh, explain how they can learn these arts online. Gotcha. Well, great. So marketing again, but as I do all this, I'm also progressing in my arts and studying and practicing and having practices with uh, a few local students. My market isn't really local. I'd, I have about three or four students who have been with me a long time, and I don't try to get new ones here. I, my audience is worldwide. So I've, I've had people in China, Malaysia, Japan, uh, United Kingdom, uh, the Netherlands, all across the U.S., of course, Canada. I had a guy in China tell me that he used my website as he was studying with a Chinese master in Shanghai. He used my material wow. to make progress and bridge the communication barrier. That's, that was <laughs> one of the greatest compliments I ever got. So you can reach people through an online school and you really can touch people and make a difference in their lives. Mm, for sure. Is that one of the things that compelled you about the online course? Uh, I think so, but I mean, from a, I just love the arts and I love teaching. I didn't love running a school. My, my wife and I owned a school and, uh, you know, I lost money every month because I was working full time. Uh, so I did the school part-time, but it was a labor of love, and I was making uh, uh, six figures at the time, so I could afford to lose a few hundred a month running a school. Mm -hmm. But you also have to water things down in a bricks-and-mortar school just for the expenses, and I didn't like doing that. I, I want to teach what I teach and uh, as rigorous as I can teach it and then put it out there for people who can use it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, really um, important. It seems like you, you find the quality of it very important for your students. Yeah, there, there are people who contact me and say, can I get certified through your online course? And I'm just <laughs> honest with them and say, probably not. It's, it's so difficult. I mean, in person, it can take someone who really works hard four years to get a black sash. And we're not like uh, the Taekwondo, Taekwondo school down the road. My granddaughter earned a black belt when she was 11 years old and didn't know how to throw a punch. <laughs> so, so this is That's not funny. that art. <laughs> and so I just tell people, no, you're probably not going to be certified uh, or a black sash, but you can get better. But there are a lot of people who use it for in different ways. Some teachers sign up to get 
pointers and new ideas for their classes. And a lot of people who study with other teachers um, use my material to supplement what they're learning. I see. So, Ken, what do you see is your vision, like the five to ten year vision from now? I think it's going to be challenging to see how the media changes, uh, to see if, if, you know, you always have to be ready to evolve. Uh, and so I'll be looking at that. But I would like to get build it to a six-figure business. I don't think that should be much of a problem. Still isn't quite there yet. Gotcha. So, Ken, is there anything else that you want to say to our audience out there listening? I don't think so. Um, it's, uh, you know, keep at it and stay positive and be ready to adapt to uh, change. <laughs>